And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is Kayfabe Corner. This is your host, JPO, Jordan Pearson. I sit down with a pro wrestler here today. I'm with James Anthony. James, how are you? Good, man. How you been? Pretty good, man. Pretty good, man. It's been a while, man. What's up? What, how you doing during these uh, crazy times? What's the last, last time you've been in a ring? Dude, it's been it's been crazy, man. Um, I just actually uh, got back wrestling in front of a live crowd about a month ago. Good. Um, I was doing some private stuff, though, doing some, some private shows, because one of the companies that I wrestled for here in North Carolina, I actually help out with booking and promoting. So we did some private show some, some private shows because we knew probably around, like, June we could probably get back to having live crowds and stuff. So we put on a couple of private shows just for our YouTube channel, just so the fans, just so the fans can keep up with the storylines. So I was able to do, we were able to do that back in June 6th, and then a couple of other promotions started doing some uh, little smaller private shows that I attended up in Tennessee or West Virginia. And then, like, recently, we just were able to do a couple of live shows. Um, I actually did my first drive drive through live show last night where the fans got to sit in the cars or they got how was, to How was that? that that's a different kind of thing. How's that? It was different, man. Um you know, somebody made a good point. This could be the future of, of, of independent wrestling. You know, I, I hope not. Um, but that could also be an option. It was different. You know, like I said, we had a, we had a nice little turnout. Um, a, lot of, a lot of kids came out. Like, a lot of parents brought their kids. Um, some guys sat in their trucks or their cars the whole time. Some people brought food, sat in the back of their trunks. They had, like, a big truck. They just bought, like, some, some snacks, some water and everything. Um, it was different, you know. Um, it's just hard because, you know, we're all still trying to get used to this whole you know, pandemic and, you know, the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, like I said, it was fun. Um, you know, it was uh, a lot going on with the show I did last night because the one venue that we were going to do, they didn't want to do it with us anymore because, um, you know, they could only, our governor here in North Carolina, he pretty much made it a little bit harder for us to try to move into phase three. So we had the, the YMCA that we were going to run in actually told the guy that he couldn't do it, that we'd have to move it. And if we did do go ahead and do it inside, that he can only have about 10 people inside. And that was like including wrestlers. So they were going to make it very difficult for him to run. But it's you know, there's nothing he can do. That's just how the time we're living in. But um, like I said, I'm hoping things get better, man. Um, out here in North Carolina, some of the cases are starting to take a rise again. Um, they actually were going down. But then like once they started allowing things to open back up, you know, a couple of the cases started rising. Um, a lot of shows are probably not going to be running anymore or no time soon there's been a lot of talk about that uh, a lot of guys are just um you know are pretty much like just calling it quits um not just because of the pandemic uh, some of the things we'll probably get to that a lot of um situations out here with um you know not being able to have a a show of maybe only maybe have maybe like 50 percent capacity so it's been a lot going on out here um every state's different um i know tennessee's been up and running but there was talk of some of the shows out there that i do there was talk of possibly maybe not soon but i think that was just a rumor because there's been a lot of shows that ran out there this weekend i was talking to a friend of mine earlier i think west virginia is putting a ban on wrestling right now because of the spiking cases um but what how about you guys? How's things going out there in Florida? Uh, I mean, similar kind of to what you were saying here, you know, seemed like some stuff was opening back up and then cases are spiking back up. So uh, there's not a hell of a lot going on right now, unfortunately. And like, I don't know when things are going to get back to normal. As, and as you said before, might be a new normal with the whole drive up. And uh, maybe I, I think outdoor shows might become more of a thing now because of buildings being afraid. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really it's still at a standstill here. Uh, you know, yeah. we're personally trying to go forward with an August 8th show, but even that every day I'm afraid of hearing bad news. So, you know, we'll see, man. We're doing what we can, but, you know, it's, it's hard right now. Yeah, man, that's the only thing that sucks about it. Like, nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really knows, like, when we could get back to normal. I mean, you know, this might be, the, like I said, this this might be the new normal, you know, this you know, driving this 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 drive up, you know, drive through wrestling. Um, you know, maybe wrestling in front of maybe like half the capacity that you could. So if you if you run in a building that can allow you maybe to four hundred people, 
you might only be able to do like maybe 200. It's including wrestlers and, you know, concessions and everything. But, you know, like I said, hopefully, man, things will get better. Hopefully, um, you know, we can find a cure for all this. Hopefully, um, we'll be able to get back to some type of normalcy here over the next couple of months. But, you know, other than that, man, I've been trying to stay busy. I got a couple of bookings coming up this weekend here in North Carolina. Next weekend, I'm scheduled to be in Tennessee all weekend from Friday through Sunday with a couple of friends. So, you know, Lord willing, you know, the show is still, the show, the show is still keep running. We can still keep doing what we love to do. But, you know, a lot of people are, are, are afraid that there could be a second wave of this after the summer. A lot of people are afraid that there could be a, uh, you know, another lockdown. You know, I would hope not. But, you know, it seems like every day you look at the news, the cases are, are just rising back up. They're just spiking back up. So, you know, you just never know what's going to happen here over the next couple of months. But, you know, I'm just staying positive like I always do. I'm just taking every day one step at a time because that's all you can do, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not like you said, it's all you can do. And, you know, f- fingers crossed here. I mean, we're definitely not out of the uh, the woods yet, but all we can do is hope that things, you know, we'll get better, do what everyone can do their part, you know. Yeah, that's uh, all you can do, man. Let, let's go back now. Let's start back at the beginning here uh, about your journey in, into professional wrestling. Uh, were you a fan growing up? Where does just your start uh, begin? Um, yeah, man, you know, I was a, a big, um, you know, uh, I think I, everybody was a big Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man fan. Um, my uncle got me into it. Um, he watched both WWF at the time, WCW. So he was a big fan of Doom, which was uh, Ron Simmons and uh, Butch Reed. So he was a big fan of theirs. Um, he also became a big fan of Undertaker when Undertaker came on to the scene in WWF. And um, I remember me and him just watching Randy Hogan fan. I had the, the wrestling buddies. I had the belts. And, you know, I always thought to myself, this would be something to be really cool to do uh, later on down the road. And, you know, lo and behold, I got out of high school. When I graduated high school in 2005, I really didn't have a career pathway. Um, I knew that probably college for me wasn't a possibility. Um, so it took me a while to kind of figure out who I am and what I was. I did some work. Uh, around my church, I became a leader in my church. Uh, I became a um, a youth uh, a youth leader, helping out with the young kids. We did a lot of different trips and did a lot of different um, different activities there. I did that for a couple of years, and finally in 2010, you know, um, a lot of my friends were graduating from college and were getting big. Realized that I I decided to um to to really try out wrestling and. I remember being on the, um, um, I think it was WWE.com. Uh, they were posting about, you know, where they train for beginners, have beginners classes down in Florida. At the time, it was um, for Florida Championship Wrestling, which we would know later on become NXT. And they charged about $1,000, and it was a three-month course where they taught you all the basics. They taught you locker room etiquette. They taught you what it takes to be a professional wrestler. Um, they taught you all the do's and don'ts of the business. Um, you know, you were trained by Steve Kern and Norman Smiley. Um, and at that time, there were a lot of the guys that were uh, currently signed to FCW and at Developmental, because that's what that really was, it was Developmental. And, you know, we would get trained and we would get, you know, different um, different guys to come in, you know, like Derek Bateman would come in there, you know, he would go on Slater to become EC3. Uh, Heath Slater was there, because uh, he was still working both um, in uh, FCW and he was working on uh, Monday Night Raw at that time. Uh, David Otunga was there, Richie Steamboat was there, you know, that's um, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat's son. Um, there were a lot of the guys that would just get in their foot on TV uh, that were still out there, like Alex Riley and Big E and, you know, um, Byron Saxton was there. And a lot of the guys that you see on TV have heard of, they all were out there at the time at FCW. So we were able to learn from all of them. They were teaching us what they were being taught. Uh, they were giving us some good advice. Um, like I said, we did that for three months from June 2010 to September 2010. Um, that's what um, that's what we did. Um, on the last day, you get to invite your friends and family to come out and watch you put on a show. Um, you get a DVD of um, the show. And I've watched it, I think, maybe like twice since then. And I kind of hate it because, you know, I was so green. You know, I was 23 at the time, you know, so... 
I was so green and, you know, I could probably go back and, and, and nitpick and pick out every mistake that I made. But, you know, it's great to have that, that memory because we got to wrestle in our, in a, in a WWE ring at that time. And then from there, you just pretty much, you know, you go on to the independence and, um, you know, I would do, I was doing different independent shows. Uh, I was doing some stuff with, um, with, uh, with you guys out there at our real pro, which at, at that time it was, um, I think it was like what new was it was it, was it new, new era. yeah new era so that's where I met you guys at I, I was doing that I was doing um, NFW up in um, Lakeland um, I actually was trying to do some stuff with um I forgot what's the, what was the name of that show that was like right around the corner from my aunt's and uncle's house um, All Star Wrestling um, and they were they were doing some stuff in like a little a little bar area. Um, FUW was another one that was Florida Underground Wrestling that was out there up in uh, Bourbon, up on Bourbon Street. Um, you know, there was a lot of different promotions out there that I got my foot in the door, foot in the, foot in the door in. Um, and then in 2012, um, you know, I, I up and moved. I had some opportunities to come back up here. But I also wasn't in the business. I wasn't really feeling the vibe out there in Florida like I was in the beginning. You know, uh, I was doing FUW a lot. And at that time, you know, my uncle just got released. He, was, he wasn't really saying the younger cats were in my opinion getting pushed to the side I said up and left um the buzz that they first had when I got there in 2011 was not there in 2012 um it was and I remember when I first was going out close to 100 or more p 15 20 people so you know that's when I kind of like quit going there and that's when I kind of hooked up with um you know Abel and um Brian Gold. Um they they were um doing that one that was a uh, Florida Pro Wrestling FPW. And um you know I was able to go out there and work with some really good talent. Um I was able to get a lot better in the ring. And then I want to say around I think 2012, I went home and did a show, and I had a match with a guy here by the name of ATM. We really put on a really good match, and a lot of promoters that had never saw me or heard me hit me up, and they wanted to know, like, you know, where all do I wrestle at? Because they wanted me on their shows, and they were like, I was told them I lived in Florida, and um, they kind of were just telling me, like, yo, if you came back out here, we can help you get on this show. We can do this. We help with that. So, you know, I kind of made a decision to say, you know what, I think I'm just gonna leave the Florida area for now. You know, if it's meant to be, I can come back out here later. So that was a uh, big chance to take on myself, you know, coming back to North Carolina, successful career since coming back to the Carolinas. I've um, done a lot, you know, I've um, over the past 10 years, if you, if you can believe it, bro, it'd be 10 years in September that I've been like wrestling full time, um, you know, because in June of this, uh, June of this past year, it was 10 years that I started training. September of this year kind of be when I had my first match. So it's hard to believe that 10 years has gone by so fast. And, you know, I've, I've done tryouts with WWE. I've done tryouts with Ring of Honor. I've done some tryouts for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, promote one company. Actually, no, I'm actually helping book and promote two companies out here now. Um, and I'm also helping out with some training at the one show that I, that I book at, um, Ring Wars Carolina. I go out there on um, Tuesday and Thursday to help out some of the new up and coming talent out there. Um, I'm, I'm a father now. I have a little boy. He just turned one uh, back in May. So uh, that's been here yeah, the past 10 years. And you know, like I said, everything, you know, there was a lot of opportunities coming up that I was going to be getting. But you know, since the pandemic hit, a lot of that stuff got shut down. You know, a lot of that stuff got um, canceled. You know, um, I was going to actually, some friends of mine were going to help me try to get on Lucha Underground, but, you know, Lucha Underground folded last year around this time. 
Um, you know, I think the plan, man, because, you know, I, I've really done a lot. You know, it's amazing how far I've, I've come over these past 10 years. You know, and even, even when people thought I was going to fail, even when people think I was going to make it, even when people told me that there was no place in this business for a guy of my size, a guy of my stature, you know, um, I never gave up. I always, you know, took chances. I always took risks. And that's what the business is all about, man, taking chances and taking risks. You know, I didn't want to be one of those guys that was sitting around in, in my 50s doing the shoulda, coulda, the wouldas, you know what I mean? So I, I was really glad that I took those chances. Um, I don't, you know, um, like I said, I've gotten some really great major opportunities. Um, a, a lot of younger talents look up to me. They want my advice on stuff, you know. It feels good to have guys like you always want to get me, try to get me back out up in Florida. You know, it's great to have guys in other states that want to get me out by them. So, you know, man, I've really been blessed, man. And I, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, what happened as uh, the years go forward and pretty much to see what happens after the pandemic's over as well. Absolutely here. All right, well, we're back. Just checking some technical difficulties here. Uh, the question that I always like to ask my guests here, and I, I know a little bit of yours, uh, previous gimmicks. Uh, you weren't always just James Anthony. Uh, did you ever go by any other names? <laughs> you had to bring that up, huh? Um, I started out as, as GI Jam. That was just something that I did because um, when I was training out at um, – F, uh, at uh, WWE, FCW, you know, on your last night, you got to have a name, you know, something that you want to go by. And, you know, I really didn't really, you know, you know, the one thing about wrestling is you don't really realize how much work really goes into it. You know, when you watch wrestling on TV, you see all the cool moves, you see all the, the cool spots, and you see all the, the different stories. There's so much more to it than just that. And, you know, nobody really knows what really goes on behind the scenes. You know, nobody knows what it's really like to try to come up with a gimmick, try to come up with a character, try to come up with, you know, um, something that fits you. And for me at that time, you know, I didn't really know, I didn't even have a name picked out. You know, I didn't have um, any type of idea who I wanted to be. So I remember on the, I think it was the Monday before we, because when we trained, at FCW, you trained Mondays and Wednesdays, and that was it. You trained Monday and Wednesdays from six to nine, and then that was it for the rest of the week because you know on Thursdays they had their TV tapings, and then on Fridays they were doing you know different little independent, small independent shows around the way. Sunday they relaxed, so you know you only got two days to train. So we trained on Mondays and Tuesdays from from you know, excuse me, we trained on Mondays and Wednesdays from six to nine, and that Monday before the show. You know, uh, Steve Kern told all of us that um, – oh, let me, let me back up real quick. I forgot to mention that. I don't even know if I did. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned that. Steve Kern and Norman Smiley, the guy that trained us. Uh, Steve Kern from – a lot of people might know him from uh, WWE as Skinner. That's where I knew him from um, before I knew him, before I got to really know him about his tag team. And then Norman Smiley, you know, was in WCW as Screaming Norman, you know, former hardcore champion. He had been there. He had, some stuff. he had actually done some stuff with them in the earlier 90s, but he didn't really get recognizable by WCW until like the late 90s, early 2000s. And that Monday, Steve and Norman said that, you know, they wanted everybody to have some type of a, a name or a gimmick. And, you know, I was struggling with that because I was like, man, I never thought about that, you know. And every name that I came up with just didn't really make sense to me, you know. And I would just think to myself, you know, what can I be just for this one night? I can get through this just one night and then – I can go ahead and think of something else, you know, later on down the road. Do you remember and my any uncle other names you um, around? was in the There was so many. I, I'm trying to think. I was a big I was a big Sting Sting fan. So I was thinking I mean maybe like Showtime, James, Miranda, something like that. But like that didn't really make sense. Um I thought about maybe like Sonny J, but you know, that really wasn't clicking and Everything that I just threw out just didn't make sense. And I mean, I remember my cousins were trying to help me. The guys at the school were trying to help. And I remember I was out at the house at my aunt uncle's house because I stayed with my aunt and uncle for two years when I was after training. And I remember my uncle, uh, he's in the Army. Uh, was in the Army. He's retired since. 
and he had some old fatigues. And I remember, you know, that he was asking, like, you know, what all I was going to be wearing for the show on Wednesday night because they were going to come out and support me. And I was like, man, I have no idea. I was like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think this far. You know, I didn't think, like, about none of this stuff. And he was like, well, if you want, you can wear some of my old, you know, army fatigues. You know, maybe, maybe just have, like, a little, like, an army gimmick. And, you know, I don't even know how I came up with this name, but I came up with G.I. Jam. And if I'm not mistaken, it might have been Norman Smiley, actually, that gave me the name when I got there that night. Um, the whole purpose of me wearing the fatigues was they looked at me as, like, the the, the old school wearing Mysterio. Because, you know, Ryan Mysterio took the mask off of WCW. He started wearing the, the, the camouflage fatigues because mm. he was doing his whole uh, filthy animals type gimmick, legend killer gimmick. So Norman was like, you know, you remind me of like a, a young Rey Mysterio, like a young Tupac with your, what your fatigues on right now. And he was like, you know, we got to give you like a name. He was like, you like, what, what, like, what's your whole name? I'm like, well, my actual real whole name is James Anthony Miranda. And he was like, you know, Jam. He's like, I like that. You could be like a, like a GI Jam. So Norman kind of helped me out, pick out that name. And I really just was going to use it for just uh, that night. But the name stuck. And then um, G.I. Jam was born. You know, I just went around wrestling in my camouflage fatigue. Didn't even have a gimmick. You know, it was just, that's just what I was. I was, you know, people looked at me as like a younger Ray Mysterio, like a young Tupac type deal. So I did that from June of that year until, well, I used that name from June of that year until January. And then I started going by James Anthony. And I started doing like a little uh, more of a cocky, um, suave, trying to be cool type gimmick. So I changed my name to <laughs> I changed my name to the Caramel Candy James Anthony, and I had dubbed myself like the sexiest light skin on the Independence, and you know that to me was a stupid name, but it got over. You know, people loved it. They they liked the fact that. You know, I was I was trying to be you know, for for a guy my size, and I was being cocky and arrogant because, you know, if you really think about it, not trying to be funny, like a lot of smaller guys and shorter guys, they are cocky. You know, they are arrogant. You know, they 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 are they do try to be the loudest guy in the room. So that's what my character, that's what kind of what my gimmick was. You know, I was always like trying to be like the the loudest guy in the room. I was trying to be like the toughest guy in the room, and I did that gimmick and character for the past. I want to say I did that for like um for two years and then I really started getting asked to come to shows I was really my career really started taking off so I kind of dropped the whole caramel candy gimmick and I just became James Anthony um and you know pretty much my gimmick from from then to even now is just pretty much you know I know I'm always going to probably be the smaller guy in the locker room I'm, I'm not going to probably always be the biggest guy but I got the biggest heart and I had the biggest fight and, you know, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm willing to face anybody. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win in any match, any situation. So, you know, it took me a while to really figure out a gimmick. It took me a while to really figure out who I was. And, you know, that, that was probably the hardest part about uh, becoming a wrestler was just trying to find, try, trying to find out who I was, trying to figure out who I am, who I wanted to be. But, um, you know, that just takes time. You know, it, it, take, it takes time for you to really get the gears going. It takes time for you to really, you know, figure out what you want to do. So, you know, kudos to Norman Smiley for giving me the first name. Kudos to everybody that supported the G.I. Jam character, the Carl McCandy character. But, you know, I guess I've probably done some of my best work um, just being myself, just being who I am in your situation in real life. Um, uh, things that go on in life, you know, always being told it's sure, you know, you know, and your race is going to hold you back, uh, take off and really got me to that next level that I've always wanted to be at. Well, I, I miss GI Jam. Technically, we did wrestle together once. We were in a battle royal, remember? <laughs> I, I remember that. <laughs> we did that battle royal. I think you eliminated me too, if I can remember. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I don't think I, did. I get an elimination. Oh man, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think they probably. I think you probably eliminated me somehow. I did no telling. You know? So technically, I defeated you. Okay, sweet. I'll take it. No. 
Yeah. Hey, don't you gonna put it on Facebook? Are you gonna put it on Facebook like everybody else? Jail one, <laughs> James Anthony zero. Oh yeah. You know what? I gotta come the real pro now and get my win back. <laughs> come out during our next uh, Rumble event. You can eliminate me. <laughs> there we go. Gonna be a surprise. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll be the number thirty uh, big old big old surprise. Uh, so you mentioned you moved over to the North Carolina. Any difference in the like the North Carolina scenes, both fans or in the locker room between that and Florida? Um, moving back to nine in two thousand twelve very scary for me at least because I was so used to being around people I knew in Florida, you know. Um. I would use D'Lo Jordan. I would used to being around Preston Kane and Wayne Wonder. And I was used to being around the guy that at Real Pro or at New at the time that we called it. I was used to being around the Florida Pro Wrestling guy, guys. So moving here, not knowing anybody, being the new guy in the locker room, only being two years in the business, for me, it was nerve wracking because, like I said, I didn't know anybody. You know, I didn't know how people were going to, you know, take me, come into their locker room. And, you know, it, being 25, coming back to North Carolina, and I was immature. You know, I was still learning the business. So, you know, there were times I said things I shouldn't have said. There were times I'd done things I should have done. But, you know, that comes with growing. You know, that, that, that comes with maturing. And I can, I can honestly say I wasn't really mature at the time. You know, I was very immature um, when it came to the business. You know, I was, I was always trying to go out there and you know, I was trying to always do things that I shouldn't have been doing. I was, I was doing things that, you know, weren't appropriate. I, I was, I was saying things to fans that I shouldn't be saying. So, you know, I had to learn, I had to really learn the business, you know, I had to learn what I could do and what I couldn't do and what I could say and what I couldn't say, you know, and, you know, out here in Florida, it was, it, it was just, it was just so different because a lot of the shows I worked at, they were in bars most of the time. So I was used to work in that bar life. I was used to, you know, being able to say what I wanted to say, you know, I was I used to having that, that, that uh, vulgar mouth and, you know, coming back here and working in armories and working in, you know, high schools and stuff like that, you know, working in actual buildings in front of, you know, in front of over a hundred fans, you know, I really had to learn, um, learn the business. And like I said, I can honestly say, you know, being able to hook up with certain people and being around certain veterans and being around, um, you know, some people to teach me and guide me, you know, it, it really helped me out a lot. Um, like I said, I was a new guy every locker room I went to. I had to prove myself in every locker room that I went to. You know, I know some people might, you know, listen to this and be like, well, it's just the independence. Yeah, but, you know, I was coming in as that new guy. You know, you just can't walk in on your first day making demands and, you know, trying to take over the show. You know, that takes time. You got to build yourself up. You got to build up a trust with all these guys. So, you know, I was always very quiet when I walked in the locker rooms. Um, I was always very nervous. Um, I was afraid I might say the wrong thing. I was afraid I might do the wrong thing. Um, um, you know, I would, like I said, I only, I only had, at the time, I only had two years worth of experience when I got back here in 2012. And, you know, I, said, I was just learning on the way. You know, yeah, I did hit some, some speed bumps in the road. I did have some issues at sh- show with certain guys. I'm not going to mention any names because a couple of these guys have been signed, but I did have some issues with certain guys in certain locker rooms, you know. Um, a lot of guys didn't really look at me as a professional wrestler. A lot of guys looked at me as, oh, you're just another guy that just wants to do this because it looks cool, you know, or you're just trying to get laid, or you're just in it for the money. And it's like, no, I'm in it because I love professional wrestling. So, you know, I had to prove myself to a lot of these, to a lot of these uh, veterans out here, and I even had to prove myself to a lot of these indie darlings out here that, you know, I, I was out here to, to make it, that I'm out here to try to get a job. I'm trying to make this a living. So, you know, um, you know, moving back out here in the beginning, like I said, it was a struggle, but I want to say maybe about, you know, um, two years into being back out here, you know, people started giving me my respects, you know, in 2014, I became the first AIWF world cruiserweight champion. You know, um, I've held that title four times since then. You know, um, like I said, I went on to get spot. I went on to tryouts with Ring of Honor. You know, I went on and got a TV spot with Ring of Honor. 
you know, I went on to do stuff with WWE. Like I said earlier, I went on and, you know, I won multiple championships. You know, I get to num a number, a immense amount of shows all the time. You know, I have promoters hitting me up now about bringing in certain talent for their shows. You know, I, I've, I've really become a very respected um, guy on the independence. And not a lot of guys can say that. You know, not a lot of guys can certain promoters hit me up wanting to know, um, should I bring in this person for their show? My advice when I come to a show, you know, about certain matches or how to, how to where to put a certain match on the show because they know I do a lot of booking out here in North Carolina. So it, it's really amazing to see where I was, you know, uh, eight years ago and then see where I am now eight years later. You know, like I said, I matured a whole lot more since then. And I've, I've done a lot more. You know, I've learned a lot more and I'm teaching the stuff that I'm, I'm teaching the newer kids now that are coming to the business, the don'ts, you know, of the business, you know, I'm teaching them the, the I'm, I'm, I'm showing them and telling them the mistakes that I made to help them not make, make those same mistakes. You know, you can't go into a locker room trying to be cool. You can't go into a locker room trying to be cocky. I've been over the years where you know they don't win and they want to just do the cool stuff they see on tv you know i've been in many locker rooms where i've had to put a lot of young younger talent in place you know i've been in, in locker rooms where you know um I, i've seen guys get hurt i've seen guys get kicked out of locker rooms I, i've seen guys get knocked out in locker rooms before because they're just coming in and they're so cocky and they're so arrogant and you know, I can say, luckily for me, you know, I didn't have that chip on my shoulder. You know, I didn't really have that cockiness. You know, yes, I, you know, there were times that I didn't want to do business with certain people. And I, it was mostly because it was the people that I was hanging out with at the time. But again, I matured from all that. I learned, from, you know, I learned the business, you know, I learned about doing the jobs, you know. Um, I remember Bob Evans, I, I took a Bob Evans seminar one time and he told us his story about how, how about how he was bitter and about how he hated the new kids on the on the independence in wrestling. And you know, he wanted the, he wanted the old school wrestling back. He wanted guys to be beaten down like he was beaten down when he first got into the business. And he said one day he finally had to realize that, you know, he needed to sit down and look and see what the young what the new kids are doing. You know, he said he had to change his whole attitude and mindset about the business. And, you know, that's what I had to do. I had to open up my eyes. I had to you know, watch and, and, and learn. And, you know, I had to have people teach me the do's and the don'ts of the business. You know, um, like I said, nowadays, you know, a lot of guys don't want to, a lot of guys don't want to learn. They just want to do what they see on TV. A lot of guys don't want you to critique them after their matches. They want to hear the, they want to know how cool their match was. You know, they want to hear about how, you know, that the spot that they did at the top row was the, the greatest thing they've ever seen. You know, they don't want to hear about the, the things they did wrong. All they want to hear about the things they did right. You know, even now, 10 years later, when I have guys watch my matches, you know, I would ask them, hey, man, what do you think of my match? Oh, man, it was great. It was great. It was great. That's great. Oh, cool. But what I do wrong? Oh, no, you didn't do nothing wrong. Everything was fine. Everything is fine. And I hate that. You know, I got to the point now where I'll tell guys, hey, man, how, would, how did you like my match? And don't lie to me. Don't give me that BS. You know, what would you really think of it? And they have no choice but to open up because they know I'm being for real. So, you know, that's like, that's, I had to learn how to take criticism. You know, because I was one of those guys. I wanted to hear about all the good stuff I did. I didn't want to hear about all the bad stuff. So I had to learn how to take criticism. I had to learn how to take critique. I had to learn how to be critiqued. I had to learn how to take those critiques and, and, and make them into positives so I didn't make those same mistakes in my next match. And not a lot of guys want to do that these days. Not a lot of guys want to hear about the bad stuff they're doing. All they want to hear about is all the good stuff. So, like I said, moving back here in 12 was a, was a very decision. I don't regret it because I had a very successful career. Could I probably still have the same amount of success if I would stay in Florida? I don't know. You know, but at that time, there was a lot of stuff going on in Florida. So, um, you know, yeah, man, like I said, I've learned a lot over the years, and I'm, I'm very proud of the, of the success that I've had, and I'm very proud of the, the, the decision I made to move back here um, all those many years ago. Very nice, very nice. So you touched a little bit about some of the uh, matches you've had. Like you mentioned the Ring of Honor match. I just saw you in the ring there with Keith Lee. Uh, uh, what are some of your favorite matches you've had? Um, one of my favorite matches I had was actually from last year. I got into wrestle uh, Lodi, and that was a really cool match. You know, I got to wrestle Lodi, and 
it was one of those shows to where, you know, I, I knew going in the show wasn't going to be great. Uh, I knew who the promoter was. I only went because the show was local for me. I didn't have nothing to do that weekend. The, the promoter hit me up and he was like, man, I'll, I'll pay you this amount of money to come in to do my show, both my shows for the whole weekend. And my girlfriend's parents lived out in the area that the show was at. So I just stayed at their house for the whole weekend. And, um, you know, I got to I got to the show and he's like, hey, man, I want you to wrestle Lodi. And I had seen Lodi many a time on different shows. And, you know, um, I never really got to talk to him. And, you know, getting to talk to him and getting to get in the ring with him was very cool. It was very awesome. You know, he was very proud of my work. He loved the way um, I sold for him. And we probably only wrestled in front of like 30 people. But I was, you know, I, I made it. You really couldn't tell because we had him up the whole time. So getting a chance to wrestle a big star like Lodi from WCW was a big deal to me. You know, some people, it was all, oh, he didn't ever do anything. He was just in the fly. Yeah, I love Lodi. But he was on TV, <laughs> you know. Hey, bro, it's like, you know, when you think of the flock, you think of Lodi. Yeah, you think of Ray, but you think of Lodi. You think of the guy with the signs. So it's like, yeah, you know, man. that's what you remember, you know. So that, that was a really, that was a real good one. Um, exactly, I got in the room with Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Um, I was one of their first matches on, on Ring of Honor TV. Um, you know, that was, that was an awesome experience. We got that experience because of my tag partner at the time, Victor Andrews. He cuts hair, and he cut some of the superstars' hair in the back that day at the taping we were at. And they were like, you know, what would you want to return for doing all these, for cutting all these guys' hair? He was like, yo, just give me a match. So they gave us a tag team match on TV. We, you know, we, we did what we were asked to do. Keith Lee loved it. Shane Taylor loved it. And, you know, I'm glad that I got to step in the ring with those guys and to see where they are today. So that's always been one favorite of mine. Um, another match of mine that's one of my favorites, it was uh, Victor Andrews, you know, my tag partner, you know, my, my, my brother, you know, um, one of my best friends in the business. You know, we've had some, some awesome, awesome, um, you know, matches, you know, not just in North Carolina, but we wrestled in Georgia, we wrestled in Florida, we wrestled in Tennessee, and, you know, people were always amazed at our, at our work, you know, people always loved how we made it look so real. Um, one of our favorite matches that we had was back in 2014, um, we wrestled for uh, Premier Wrestling Federation, PWF, it was Steve Carino's promotion, and we went out there, we and Steve's word, we put on a clinic. You know, we went out there and we wrestled. We, you know, we had the crowd from the second we stepped into the ring. You know, as at that time, we were tag team partners and we were tag team champions, and it was a tournament. And we had to, we ended up meeting in the tournament, and we made it to where we weren't going to fight each other. And we made it to where we both tried to sneak and in, 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 in pin each other to win the tournament. And in the end, we both got double counted out, and nobody won. And the fans loved it. The fans hated that the match ended with a no contest. They was chanting for five more minutes. And that's one match that people still talk about all these years later is the one that we had in 2014. So Victor Andrews has always been um, one of my favorite opponents uh, to get in the ring with. Um, I've had some really cool matches uh, when I was down in Florida. Um, you know, me and Donnie A. put on a really good match a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know if he still wrestles now, but uh, Justin Matthews, when um, and when he was at New, I think he was one. Of, he was one of the first guys I wrestled at New, and we put on a a pretty decent match out there. Um, you know, I've had so many, man. And, you know, it's just so hard because there's so many good ones out there, and I know if I start talking about them all, I'm gonna miss somebody. Um, but there's just there, there have been so many good matches that I've had. You know, I've I've, I've been able to get in the ring with C.W. Anderson and Steve Carino. Um, I've been able to, you know, get in the ring with um, different guys on the independents that are big that are big indie darlings. You know, I've been in the ring with Jason Kincaid. I've been in the ring with Rob Kiljoy. I've been in the ring with Kobe Carino. You know, I've, I've been in the ring with some of the some of the greats out here, man. Um, you know, it, it, it's really been an amazing career you know like I said if I start talking about all my matches, I'm gonna miss somebody so you know like I said man I, I've got so many favorites that I can name but you know I, I'll leave somebody off and I don't want to do that <laughs> so on the flip side of the coin here who have you shared a locker room with or been an admirer of that you haven't had the chance to get in there with who are you itching to step in the ring with 
you know, I remember I was um I really wanted to get into the ring with Leo Rush um before he got signed. Um uh, we had did a couple of um a, a couple of different shows together. Um he actually was on one of the I think before he got I think before he got signed for the, the, the Cruiserweight Classic, I, th- I think it was the Cruiserweight Classic. Before he got signed to do that deal, um he was wrestling at um I think it's Ignite down in Florida. And we were on a couple of shows together, and I remember I watched his match one time, and I was like, man, that's a guy that I would really love to get in the ring with. He could probably teach me some things. I mean, he's younger than me. That sounds crazy, because he only, at the time, he only had like a year or two in the business, but I was like, man, that guy could probably, you know, could probably push me to, to better myself. And, you know, he was one guy that I always wanted to get in the ring with, but I never did. Me and Victor Andrews were coming to Ignite one night. And we were on the way there. We got halfway to Florida. And I want to say once we got to Jacksonville, there was a major accident on the highway where I think it was a cement truck or I think it was a or a gas truck had turned over and it caught the highway on fire and we couldn't get through. And they shut the highway down. So we had to turn around and we had to the show. And come to find out, we were going to step into the ring with – I think they was time. Forget who they would have been. Uh, the difference maker in my career. Um, Lince Dorado. I wish I could have gotten around Lince Dorado before he went big. Say, I'm sorry. I don't know if it just cut out for me. You say know, the uh, nice tag I, I think it was um like Los Bendejos or something like that. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. They used to, yeah. They were we were gonna wrestle them and like I said, the show got the the there was an accident on the highway and the highway got shut down, so we had to turn around and, and we were me and Victor were so bummed because I was, I was like, Man, so those guys are really great. We would have had some really great done some really great stuff with them. So that was a missed opportunity. I really hated that. Um, like I said, um I've been in locker rooms with um other Guy was trying to who I was talking about. Hagus. I, I was scared of him in the first I was I was scared to death of Cahagus. But um I I, I would have if I can go back and do it again, I would have definitely have loved to step into the ring with Cahagus. Um because I I really feel like I could have learned a lot from him. Um you know, there's been so many, man. I mean, I, again, you know, it, it's so many guys that you you see and you just look at them like, man, I think you and me could have some really great stuff get done in the ring. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, things happen and you're not able to, to get those matches with those type those, those with those type of people. So, you know, those are just a, just a couple of the few that I really wish I could have gotten a ring with. There's been some guys I have got a ring with or two and, you know, it wasn't good. You know, it was a big disappointment. And those are the worst ones, man. The match that you know and you know, and they turn out to be the, the most disappointing ones. So, you know, I've had a, I've had a couple of those over the years, and like I said those are the worst ones, man. Um, to, to to have the ones where you know, oh man, me and it up, and then it was gonna be. Um, like I said, well, there's so many guys, man. I mean, there's so many different different names I would have loved to have worked with. Um, uh, Shaheem Ali is, is one of them. Um, you know, uh, I said, who else is out there that I've been in locker rooms with that I wish? Uh, it's, again, bro, it's so many, man. And, and like I said, these locker rooms keep growing and growing with all this great talent. So, you know, there's always going to be different guys you want to step into the ring with to either help you step your game up or help them step their game up. So, um, a lot of us also go to, uh, you know, finally get to have those dream matches that we've been wanting to have. So, you know, um, just stay tuned because you'll probably see a lot of those happen later on down the road. Very good. I believe it. Uh, what are some of your favorite matches in locker rooms? What are some of your favorite locker rooms and promotions to visit? Well, like I said, I, I'm, uh, one of the shows that I do out here is called Ringwatch Carolina. It's in Lumberton, North Carolina. They've been around for some 20-plus years. Um, they were one of the first shows to welcome me in in 2012. When I first got back out here, um, you know, I've been out there since um, about three years ago. The promoter was having some issues with his students in his school. school. 
and he was thinking about step. So I stepped up to do some book, you know, being that I travel such um that took place before the pandemic. Um, him and his partner that was helping him with the shows, they had a phone out. So we were dealing with that and you know, a lot of students left um that show in his school to go to another school to train. Um so we had to like do a whole rebranding. We had to um pretty much, you know, um start all over again. But you know, um everything's looking good. You know, everything's been working out. You know, we're bringing some fresh new talent. We're bringing some uh, some new faces, some new rivalries, some new stories. So, um, you know, Ring Wars Carolina is one of them. AIWF Mid-Atlantic, that's another one that I help with booking and creative at. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite promotions in North Carolina. Um, Premier Wrestling Federation, PWF, um, up in Jacksonville, North Carolina is one of my favorites. Outside of North Carolina, um, I would have to say uh resolute wrestling up in uh crossfield tennessee uh, twe chattanooga up in uh red bank tennessee well it's, it's, it's pretty much considered red bank chattanooga because it's right there on the borderline um rwa revolutionary wrestling authority is uh one of them up in maryville tennessee um there's another show up in west virginia uh, mega pro that's a good one that i love going out to um, there's one here that I did last night actually up in Wilmington. It's called UPWA United Professional Wrestling Association. Um, you know, that's a really good one there. Um, you know, like I said, it, I, there are so many different promotions that I love going out to. Um, you know, uh, in, in Florida, um, you know, I was doing FPW at once a year when they were doing their big event, but they're not doing that anymore. So, you know, that was, that was one of my favorites. And that was one of the, FPW was one of the first shows to really, like, let me be who I am. Let me go out there and, and really shine. You know, um, NEW slash Real Pro is always going to have a special place in my heart because um, it was one of, the, one of the last shows I got to work. And, um, you know, everybody welcomed me in with open arms. You know, and I always, the door's always been open for me to come back over the years. And I do plan to come back and make a return. You just got to, you know, everything's, everything's just got the lineup for me to come back. That's all it is. So, you know, that, that could happen in the future. Um, I did, um, I did meet up, talk to some people um, about coming out and doing some shows. I go to, actually, I do go wrestle up in uh, Orlando um, from time to sometimes. Um, I haven't been able to do anything with them lately because of the whole pandemic. Um, everything being shut down. Um, you know, I was able to go to Puerto Rico a couple of years ago. That was a really cool experience. That was really fun. Um, you know, I'm working on getting my passport because I really want to get into Canada and do some stuff. I would love to try to go to Mexico and do some stuff out there. So, you know, it, 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 there's a lot that I want to there. Um, and I'll find it. You know, I try to stay away from the not so good promotions. Um, you know, it's hard because. You know, nobody wants to believe they have a bad promotion. You know, everybody wants to believe they have a great promotion. So, you know, I'm one of those guys that I'll try it once. You know, I'll, uh, you know, try your shot once. If I like it, I'll let you know. If I like it, I'll come back. If I don't like it, I'll let you know. Yeah, this is probably not going to be a promotion. I'm going to show that I'm going to work on the regular. So, um, you know, we'll just stay in touch. But, you know, this is not going to be one of my go-to shows. So. You know, like I said, there's a lot of different um, different shows that that I that I do on a regular. Um, it's sad because I don't think a lot of these shows are going to be coming back once the pandemic's over, and that that, that that's really uh, heartbreaking because you know um I think right now people really need professional wrestling. I think people need somewhere to go to let their anger and their frustrations out on somebody. So it's going to be sad to see a lot of these promotions not make any kind of return after this whole pandemic's over, but. You know, like I said, man, I got I, I work with some really great promotions. I work with some really great promoters and bookers. Um, I'm very well respected by a lot of the guys. So, um, you know, yeah, man, you know, I said I work for some really decent decent promotions everywhere. You know, not not just in North Carolina. Well, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, man, it's crazy because. 
when I first got in a business, I asked myself that same question. And I didn't really accomplish anything that I really wanted to accomplish, if, you want, if I can be completely honest. You know, from 2010 to 2015, you know, yeah, one of the AIWF World Cruiserweight title was a great experience. And holding on to that belt for a little bit was a great experience. But, you know, when I first got in a business, I really thought that within the first year or two, I really saw myself really trying to get on to TNA, you know, because that crew, that X division was just so stacked and it was just so popping back at that time and um, showing my age instead of popping. <laughs> but, um, you know, I really uh, I really saw myself signed somewhere. And I mean, that might, that might sound crazy to some people, but uh, I really thought I'd be signed somewhere by now. And I mean, I know that's kind of like crazy to say because, you know, I'm only 33. I still got plenty of time. But um, when you look at guys like a Cody Rhodes or a Ted DiBiase Jr. or a Leo Rush, these are all guys that were signed in their early 20s, you know, who had who had long, long careers and still have long careers at that. But, um, you know, five years from now, man, you know, I, I would love to be, you know, maybe Impact Wrestling, maybe AEW, you know, NXT, wherever, wherever I fit in best, that's all I can say. You know, like I said, I have gotten into booking. I have gotten into some creative stuff. And, you know, if I couldn't wrestle, you know, I would love to jump on somebody's creative team, you know, bring some new, young, fresh ideas from a from a fan slash independent wrestler's point of view. So that, that's something I would love to do. Um, you know, if I couldn't, if, if they looked at me and they said, man, you're just too small, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't use you. I would love to try to jump on the creative team, just give some ideas, give some different um, points of views and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, man, five years, you just never know, you know, wrestling's at a really great position now, you know, with AEW out there, you know, that's another brand new promotion that, you know, can see, um, can see some, some new fresh faces later on down the road, you know, Impact Wrestling is doing pretty good, uh, WWE is doing good, as a lot of people might think, you know, you know, Ring of Honor, I think with the whole pandemic kind of messed them up, so they've had to make some difficult decisions and they've had to let some people go, but you know, I wouldn't mind trying to get on a Ring of Honor, something like that. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, five years. I know that's, you know, some people are like, oh, that's, that's a long time. You got plenty of time. And bro, it'll be before you know it. Because like I said, 10 years, it's come and gone already. So um, just just keep watching and paying attention, man. That's all I can say. You just, like I said, you just never know where I'll pop up next. You know? And I keep forgetting, NWA's out there, you know. I, I would love to go on to the NWA. I think that would be a good look. You know, so there's there's so many opportunities. There's so many different choices, and and that's what we need right now in the wrestling business. We need choices. We need um, options. We need places to go. You know, and you know, five years ago, WWE was the only option. You know, because you know, Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor weren't that that um, that uh, that over and open like 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 they were like they are now. So it's good that we have all the different type of promotions. It's, it's good that we have the NWA back and, you know, they're giving out guaranteed contracts and stuff like that. So this place is and ever will be good for me and my family financially. So, you know, like I said, man, I'm, I'm just keeping my eyes and ears open. I'm keeping my options open. And, um, you know, hopefully by this time, you know, maybe five years from now around this time maybe we can be talking about me being signed the experiences i'm having there absolutely man the world is your oyster i definitely see you popping up pretty much any of those places for sure buddy uh any any last words before we kick off on the corner you know man uh just real quick and i i've done this on two different podcasts over the past couple of weeks um you know, right now, the state of wrestling has uh, been going through a lot. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had the um, – I'm just going to call them rumors because I don't, I don't want to say too much. The rumors were out about all these different sexual allegations that have been going down over the years. You know, um, a lot of wrestlers have come out and said that they were, you know, told to do sexual favors or this happened to them. And, you know, a lot of these guys have denied it. A lot of them have – just come forward and say yes this is what happened but this is the real story and you know I, I just want to say that you know on the independence it, it, it's very easy to get caught up in those type of allegations 
you know, you're, you're wrestling in front of friends, you're wrestling in front of family, you're wrestling in front of, you know, all kinds of people. And you got to just be careful nowadays. You know, I can honestly say, you know, before I got with my girlfriend, you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, was getting all types of weird inboxes from from different people. You know, people would find you on Facebook after your match, and they would find you on Facebook or Twitter, and they would send you messages and, you know, saying some really crazy and, you know, thing, things that you just, you know, shouldn't be getting sent. And, you know, you got to just be careful of what you say and what you do because, you know, you never know who's going to screenshot something. You never know when something might try to come back and bite you in the ass years from now you know like i said i've been doing this for 10 you know a lot of these allegations you know i wasn't there for none of these but you know some of these stories they they are true because i've seen some of these different uh, i've seen some of these situations in locker rooms I, i've seen promoters allow wives or girlfriends or who or, or whoever fiancés in locker rooms while guys are changing, you know, that's a disaster waiting to happen. You know, I used to work at a, a wrestler at a show where the promoter would allow guys to bring their wives in the locker room, their girlfriends, their fiancés. And I'll never forget the next show or two after this, he had a big meet with everybody explaining to them that no girlfriends or wives were allowed in the locker rooms because, you know, he's tired of getting phone calls and inboxes from guys saying that, you know, he doesn't want to be on the show with so-and-so anymore because he came home and found him in bed with his wife and his girlfriend, you know? So these things do happen, you know? I have seen situations to where guys in the locker room have gone to the ring for a match and their girlfriends have gone out back with other wrestlers, you know? It happens, you know? And I feel like promoters got to start policing their shows better. Promoters got to start, you know, really looking into who they're bringing to their shows. You know, they really need to really start being smart about who they bring in. They need to start being smart about how many people they are, how many people they're bringing in. You know, not every independent show needs to have 10, 15 matches. Five to six matches should be enough. You know, five. people, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know, five or six matches should be enough. You know, you don't need to have a show start at seven and then you're not getting out until midnight. You know, uh, the boys need to start protecting the boys. You know, if you're in a locker room, you see any of these female talents being disrespected. If you see them being sexually harassed, you see them uncomfortable. And if they just look like they're uncomfortable being around somebody, you know, talk to them, find out what's going on. You know, step up, say something to somebody, you know, say something to the promoter, you know, pull that vet aside and tell the vet, hey, man, you know, I was talking to so-and-so. She said this, you know, we need to address the situation. You know, sitting back and not saying nothing is not helping the situation. You know, so I just feel like the boards really need to start stepping up. The boards really need to start taking back the wrestling business. You know, since the pandemic's happened, I've seen a lot of guys say that they need this. This is the time to make wrestling great again. Well, let's make it great again. You know, let's start being let's start being smart about what we do. This also goes into training. Be careful and be cautious about who you allow to come train at your school. You know, find out why that person is there. Find out why they really want to wrestle. You know, um, you know, a lot. Of, I know a lot of these schools. You know, they allow a certain amount of guys to come in at one time. You know, you might have to get now with everything coming out. You might have to just, you know, break up your trainings. You know, if you have 20, 30 guys training a week, you might have to break that up now. Maybe you know, ten guys of, you know, ten guys on this day, then ten guys on this day. You know, if one of your female trainees come up to you and tell you they don't feel comfortable getting in the ring with a certain wrestler, listen to them, believe them, find out what's going on. I mean, that, you know, if word gets out enough, you know, something to get said. You know, um, I've watched a lot of guys over the past couple of weeks. You know, uh, uh, some of the names that have been popped, had, some of the names that popped up on that list are very shocking. You know, because a lot of those guys that were on that list I've been on shows with. Um, rather that be independent shows or rather if I was doing extra work, you know, in, in a company, you know, I, I've seen these guys before. So it was really shocking to see a lot of those names on that list. It, it was very sad to see guys like, you know, Joey Ryan have to shut down his promotion because of the allegations going down. It was really sad to see Sammy Gravar get suspended from AEW because of something he said, you know, four years ago, you know, and, and that's another thing that a lot of these younger wrestlers need to realize 
I understand you like to post stuff on Facebook and on Twitter and then you like to post stuff on your Snapchat and Instagram. Hey, I do too. You know, I'm a, I'm a big social media junkie. You know, my girl gets on me all the time about being on my phone. You know, it's just, you know, the thing is, you know, you got to watch what you say on social media. You got to watch what you post because people are quick to screenshot something, you know, um, got to be smarter. You know, you don't want something to come back and bite you in the ass five years from now when you get signed, you know, you don't want to be sitting in front of Mystic Man and he get ready to sign you. And then he gets an email saying, oh, well, this is what you said about my company five years ago. You don't, you don't want to do that. You know, I understand you might not be happy with the products right now. I understand you might not like what's going on with the WWE, but you know, just keep that to yourself. Just, you know, talk about, talk about that in the privacy of your home. You know, don't post it all over the internet. You know, just, just keep your opinions to yourself. You know, I sometimes don't agree with some stuff I see on TV, but if I complain, it's, I complain to myself or I complain to the movement. I don't post the internet, you know? So about what you post on your social medias, you know? Be careful who you trust. Be careful who you become friends with. Be careful who you, you know, call your friend, you know? Because like I said, a lot of these guys, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to some of these guys. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with some of these these guys' careers over the next couple of months, you know, or, or even after the pandemic, you know. So just be real. Just just be careful what you do. That's all I'm saying. You know, be careful. Be be courteous. You know, be be courteous. You know, and like I said, if you're in a locker room and you see a female talent being, you know, disrespected, you know, you know, stand up for that girl. You know, show that you care. And this is not even just for females. You know, there's been a lot of of, of guys and girls disrespected because of their gender, you know, because of their sexuality, you know, you know, wrestling is, wrestling has enough problems as it is. We don't need to add more stuff to it. You know, somebody's sexuality shouldn't be an issue. You know, if you don't want to wrestle that person, totally understandable. You know, you're not comfortable wrestling somebody. That's cool. You know, but you know, don't, don't make it a big issue. Don't make somebody feel uncomfortable. You know, um, the young lady that, that killed herself from Japan, you know, she killed us because of cyberbullying, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, words hurt, you know, I, I know I used to get bullied. I used to be a bully. That looks, that sounds crazy because I'm five, four, but I used to be a guy that bullied people. I used to make people, and you don't have to beat somebody up to be a bully. You can use your words. Words hurt, you know, words hurt in a, in a major way, and you don't know what somebody's going through, and you don't know what, what, what you might say could be the last thing that just triggers them to just take their own life. So we've got to be better at what we do, guys and girls. We've got to be better at, at everything. You know, start policing your locker room. Start policing your training school. Start asking these guys why they're coming to your schools. You know, start asking guys why they want to be a wrestler. You know, really get to know people before you put them in the ring with anybody and everybody. So, you know, like I said, guys, just let's, let's, let's make wrestling better. Let's, Let's get through this pandemic and let's make wrestling better than it's ever been. Let's go out here and love each other. Let's support each other. Let's build each other up, man. Let's not build, not break each other down. No, man, absolutely. I think that's that's the silver lining for me is that you know we're at a weird time in wrestling, not just the pandemic, but all the you know the allegations, the, the the safety of the locker room. A lot of things are being questioned here. I think the silver lining is that hopefully because of this, because we're having these conversations, because we're because like you said, police the locker room, police. You know, I one thing that hurt me is you know I hated hearing when you know uh, promoters you know weren't taking care of their staff. You know, if a female talent says, "Hey, I don't want to go pick up that guy because I don't feel good about it," and you found out that that guy was like, "Oh, go ahead and do it anyway," like just be better. And I hope that that's what we'll do is that wrestling will come out of this even better, even safer for everyone, all creeds, all, everything here, man. Because that's when wrestling is at its best is when it's for everyone, when people can just share a common passion and, and just put on the best show that they can. And, and no one has to question their safetyness or anything like that. Exactly, man. You know, like I said, you know, it, it starts with us. You know, you know, it, it starts with us, man. Like I said, if you're not comfortable being in the locker room with, with somebody, let somebody know. You know, if we have to have girls on one side and guys on the other, if that's what we got to do to make things better, that's what we got to do, man. Yeah, whatever whatever needs to be done, man, just to make the show just run better, be better, and have, you know, like I said, just have no one, you know, be questioning whether or not they could go to a show, you know what I mean? Just make it aware there's no question of, 
uh, of safety nest, you know? Well, James, my man, it, it was good talking to you, man. Uh, definitely best of luck. Hopefully I'll see you sometime soon here. Who knows when, but sometime hopefully we'll share a locker room with each other. Uh, see you sometime down in Florida. Great seeing you do some great stuff, man. It's always been fun uh, following your career these last few years. Uh, from GI Jam to, to the AIWF to all the different things. You're working backstage, too, which is cool. I definitely can see you in that capacity as well for many years, uh, lending your knowledge and talents, whether it's creative, training, whatnot. So uh, thank you for everything you've done. Continue to do, man. I'll see you sometime soon, bro. All right, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. That was Kayfabe Corner, James Anthony, JPL, Jordan Pierce Owens. Thank you for everyone for checking it out. Oh, he left already. Now I can say some bad things as he left the lobby. I'm just kidding. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode here. Hopefully there wasn't any technical difficulties. I had a little bit, um, at least hearing him on my end. Hopefully it didn't transition to the final product. If it did, maybe we'll have to get him back on here so we can get more clear audio. But anywho, guys, thank you for checking out another edition of KFib Corner, whether you're checking out on Spotify or YouTube or all those other platforms. Uh, JBO, I, I love you more than you'll ever know. And hey, keep it KFib, y'all. What'd I say, y'all? I don't know. <laughs>